Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back on the program again today with all of our listeners. And again, we express our appreciation for you being there and wanting to study God's Word a little bit more. It's refreshing to know that people are wanting to learn the Bible better, to be able to understand the Scriptures from God more thoroughly, more correctly, more effectively. And we're thankful that God has blessed us with this opportunity to be able to communicate His Word to teach his truths over this radio program. Search the Scriptures is designed to to do exactly as the name suggests. We get deeply into the Scriptures. We look at them in depth and in detail, but we try to explain those rich teachings and truths in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily life. We want to help you to be able to get to heaven, We want to help you to be able to live your life in a godly fashion, in faithfulness to God and his teachings. We want to help you understand what God expects of each one of us in order to live that faithful life. That's what the program is really designed to do. Bottom line, to bring God glory, but to do so by teaching his word accurately and effectively and in depth and detail. So many people, they know a little bit about the Bible. And I'm not exaggerating. They don't know very much. But they really don't understand the greater depths of what's there. They know a little bit and then they'll take some comfort in some few verses of scripture that they have heard or maybe that they've even read sometime in the past. But they take them out of context a lot of times and certainly out of context in the greater sense of what the scriptures teach more thoroughly and more accurately. We want to help you learn better. Again, we want to help you come closer to God. Faith is not an accident. Faith is not a gift that is given to some people and withheld from others by God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. That's the biblical formula. So as we help you understand the scriptures better, We should be helping you grow your faith. And as your faith in God grows, you should desire to want to come to him closer and closer. And ultimately, our prayer is that you will make up your mind to come to him all the way. And his way, through Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And you do that by repenting of your sins, confessing your faith openly, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of sins. And at that point, the blood that he shed on the cross so long ago is still absolutely 100% effective to cleanse you of the guilt of your sins and to keep on doing so as you strive to live your life faithfully and obediently before him. It's so important that we understand that just believing is not enough. We have to act upon that belief through obedience, dedication, commitment. And that's what the scriptures are really so thorough in teaching us about. So our prayer is for you. We want to help you get to heaven. And our prayer is that you want to get there too, and that you're paying attention to what we're studying together. Now, at the end of the program, as we always do, we'll give you some information that you can use to contact us And you can ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. And when we say free, it is free. We'll even take care of the postage. All you have to do is ask. 
It will teach you about faith. It will teach you about obedience. It will teach you about forgiveness and salvation and eternity with God in Christ in heaven. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free. And again, we'll take care of the postage. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. And at the end of the program today, we'll give you that information. Today we're going to continue and we're getting toward the end of this particular study entitled, Everything Changed One Day. And of course, those who have been following along with us throughout this study, you remember that we're talking about basically what happened in the Garden of Eden so long ago. Adam and Eve rebelled against God, and you might say, well, no, they didn't rebel against God. They weren't trying to overthrow God. They were in their lives by disobeying him. God had warned them in Genesis chapter 2 that if they ate of the, of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that they would die. And when the devil came along and tempted Eve and told her, you will not die, that was a lie, he told her that you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, that was a half-truth. She would know evil from good, all right, because she would have entered into evil committing sin. She thought that she could eat of that fruit and she could be made wise. And the devil even tempted her saying, you'll be like God. Well, she became a sinner. And then she tempted her husband, Adam, to eat of that same forbidden fruit. And he gave in and he ate and he became a sinner also. And as we've emphasized at that moment, on that day, everything changed everything. The world changed. Their lives changed. Sin was now in the world. And they had become sinners. They had been innocent until that point. Now they were sinners. They had had the opportunity to eat of the tree of life that was also in the garden and live forever, even in this world. Now they were removed from access to that tree. And only God, through his incredible grace, could make the way for them to have access to the tree of life again, this time in heaven, so that they could have eternal life, so that they could be forgiven and redeemed and saved. He sent his son into this world to die for the sins of all mankind. He gave us, he gave Adam and Eve, he gave all of mankind a second chance. But it is up to us to take advantage of that second chance. Everything changed one day. Now I want you to think about the, the understanding that the devil is our enemy. We've gone through a great deal of scripture study pointing out how different things changed when Adam and Eve sinned. Sin had not previously existed in the world. Now it did, and it still does. Adam and Eve had been innocent. Now they were sinners, and we all are. Their sin necessitated the sacrifice of God's Son, His own Son, as the Savior. Thank God, God, thank God that He loves us that much. Sorrow, pain, and conception would greatly increase for the woman and also the pain and suffering and sorrow would increase for all mankind. 
and man would have to work hard for a living in the sweat of his face, and his labor would prove to be less than completely efficient and effective. Thorns and thistles would grow from the ground in response to his labor. Death entered the scene and the reality of mankind, but also of the world. Murder took place. The son of Adam and Eve, their own boy, killed their other son. Cain slew Abel. And mankind became so wicked by Genesis chapter 6 that God determined to destroy mankind from the face of the earth. And but for the family of Noah, he did exactly that. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the Apostle Paul talks about the consequence of sin. If we back up just a little bit in that chapter, and it's a tremendous chapter, but we don't have time to go through all of it in detail, perhaps another study for another time. Now, I want you to think about what Paul talks about, the Apostle Paul, in this particular chapter. If you go back to verse 12, Paul says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Now, in a basic way, what he's talking about by your members there is your body, your life, if you want to look at it from that perspective. Don't let your body, don't let your life become an instrument of sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. Now, he's talking about those who have come to Christ for forgiveness and salvation through baptism, those who have been added to the church by the Lord himself, those who have been adopted by God as his children as they became forgiven and redeemed and saved through Jesus Christ. Present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. You see, verse 23 of chapter 6 in the book of Romans says the wages of sin is death, death. Remember, that's what God warned Adam and Eve would be the consequence of their sin had if they would disobey God, if they would eat of that forbidden fruit. And when they ate of that forbidden fruit, at that moment again, they died spiritually. Sin separated them from God. Isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 and 2. And we could see that even in their relationship with God in the garden. When they heard the voice of God in the garden, they hid themselves after they had sinned. They made coverings of fig leaves after they had sinned because they were ashamed of their nakedness. And yet before they sinned, the text says at the last verse of Genesis chapter 1 that they were naked, but they were not ashamed because, you see, they were innocent. They had not sinned. Everything changed that day. So Paul says, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Do not present your bodies as instruments of sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, raised from the dead, from a spiritual perspective. 
having been dead in sin and then made alive through Jesus Christ. And then in verse 23 again, Paul paints both sides of the possible ledger. He says the wages of sin is death. So if you are living in sin on an ongoing basis, that's your ultimate destiny, eternal death and condemnation in hell. And yes, hell is just as real a place as is heaven. Now the rest of that verse shows the other side of the ledger. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So God has that gift waiting for each of us if we will reach out and accept it, take advantage of it. But again, remember that we've got to come to God in obedience, in obedience. Notice again verse 13 of Romans chapter 6, instruments, letting our bodies, our lives be instruments of righteousness to God. Now that is an active kind of understanding actively obedient and faithful to God on an ongoing basis. When we look at James chapter 1, James chapter 1, James writes about the destructiveness, the self-destructiveness of sin. Now I should emphasize here that nobody can make us sin. A lot of people blame a lot of circumstances, and they'll even blame other people for their bad decisions and their choices to sin. They don't want to take responsibility for, them, for their own actions. Well, that's not going to work with God. He knows exactly what we do and why we do it. And so in the final day of judgment, and yes, there will be a final day of judgment, when we will have to appear before our Lord, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, we will give account for the things done in the body, done in this life, whether good or bad. We will each give an account. We will answer for our choices in life, and we won't be able to blame them on anything or anybody else. They will have been our choices. In James chapter 1, James says, beginning with verse 12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. What a great promise. But now again, we have to endure the temptation. And the understanding there is enduring it without giving in to it. Enduring the temptation in faithfulness to God, resisting the temptation. James goes on and says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Oh, a lot of people blame God for their consequences of their bad choices in life. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt himself, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. James 1, verses 12 through 15. You see, 
again, how did the devil reel Eve in? Oh, this is a good fruit. It'll make you wise. You'll know good and evil. You'll be like God. And instead of remembering and letting that memory override the temptation of the devil, that memory that God said, if you eat of this fruit in the day that you eat thereof, you will surely die. She gave in to the temptation and the devil had her hooked. And then he used her to reel in her husband, Adam. He was hooked and they both sinned. God did not tempt them. The devil tempts them. God does not tempt anyone. That's the devil's job. That's what he does. That's his existence and his purpose. To pull us away from God through temptation to sin. When you look at the fifth chapter of James and you look at verse 11, James says, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. We have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Job had some problems, but he basically kept his faith in God, and God blessed him in the end. In fact, he blessed him more in the end than he had blessed him before the devil ran him through the ringer of all of those physical problems that he brought upon Job. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. Jesus, in fact, said in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 13, he who endures to the end shall be saved. You see, we're not in a sprint in our spiritual lives in this world. We're in a marathon. And the devil is there trying to block the way all along the way. When we look at 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, and we look beginning with verse 6, it's interesting what Peter writes about this difficulty, this confrontation, this challenge, battle we have with the devil. He says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. A lot of people have a difficult time humbling themselves before God. Peter goes on and he says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. God does indeed care about us and he cares for us. Don't ever get the big head. Don't ever be haughty and think that you have done everything that's good in your life yourself. Back in chapter 1 of James chapter 1, verse 17, James said, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So whatever good you have in this life, you need to recognize that's a blessing from God. Peter goes on in verse 8 of 1 Peter chapter 5, and he says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, now that would be your enemy or one who stands against you, and then he identifies who that adversary is specifically. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 
The devil's our enemy, and we have to be on guard against him at all times. Now, if we'll walk with God, then there's our defense shield. You go back to James chapter 4 and verse 7, and James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Well, how do I do that, James? The very next verse. Verse 8, he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And there's no room in anybody's life for God and the devil at the same time. So if we're walking with God, if you're walking with God, the devil has no room in your life. Now coming back to 1 Peter chapter 5, let's go a little farther. So the devil, he's your adversary, he's walking about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Peter goes on and says, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We can turn to God's word. We can lean upon our faith in God. We can lean upon God. And he will deliver us from all of the wiles and ways of the devil if we will stay faithful to God and obedient. Verse 10 goes on and says, But may the God of all grace, who called us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Oh, God can see us through. He certainly can. In fact, in Peter's second letter, in chapter 2, in verse 9, he wrote, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under the punishment of the day of judgment. God is powerful. In fact, John the Apostle wrote in 1 John chapter 4 and, and verse 4, He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now we've got to come into Christ for that to apply to us with all of its effectiveness. God is greater than the devil. And he can see us through. He can see you through. You need to recognize, each one of us needs to recognize the danger, the ultimate destruction of sin in our lives if we give in to sin. Oh, how Adam and Eve must have regretted what they did on that day when they sinned, disobeyed God, and saw everything change. We're going to come back and we're going to finish this particular study next time. In just a moment, we will tell you how to contact us, jot down that information, and then do exactly that, contact us. Ask for the free Bible study. It will help you learn how to be saved, to be forgiven, to have that new start, and to look forward to eternal life with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven. The victory is yours if you'll just reach forth and seize it please give us a call. We hope to hear from you right away.